Welcome to another episode of Inner Alignment. Today I wanted to read to you a little essay I wrote called Returning to the Waters of the Divine Shore. This essay talks about the human effort of striving and struggling in the aim of trying to live a righteous life. This has to do with the notion of, of surrender into divine alignment and all these positive virtues um, we recognize are actually part of our inherent divine nature. I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed writing it. Thank you. It is to no surprise that being a fish out of water is an uncomfortable experience. But this notion is not necessarily reserved for unusual circumstances. Many people, including myself, have lived a majority of our lives out of water. Well, what do I mean by that? First, let us look at what it means to be a fish out of water. Simply, this means that we are feeling uncomfortable in our current environment. Or more specifically, it means that what we feel inside does not resonate with what is going on outside. I grew up in Southern California. In my teenage years, I have delved deeply into my love for classical music and performance on piano and pipe organ. Living in a ghetto town surrounded by crime, there was very few around me who partook in, the, partook in this particular interest, let alone had and pursued passions. As soon as I was old enough to move out, I jumped at the opportunity to visit a friend in New York City, the U.S. capital of classical music. What began as a two-week vacation turned out to be a vacation with no return back home, and New York City became my home, where I studied and connected to the intellectual and artistic community. Having found work at this place um, that supplied sheet music to all the major orchestras and opera houses of the world and helped transform my artistic frame of mind into a lifestyle. Working with musicians, meeting the famous artists I only heard of on the radio, and having friends where we can play together and be connected as a community had changed me vastly. I was no longer the awkward teenager in my little town in Southern California, and I was now a functioning and accomplished pianist and organist in my community. I was no longer a fish out of water. Life was good. As I got older, things changed. Some good, some bad. But I started to recognize that there was more to life than just the one level of being a fish in water. I mean, there are different types of water, right? There's fresh water, there's salt water, and different types of bodies like rivers, streams, swamps, and springs. I too recognized that, though I was finally in my proper environment, there were still deeper aspects needed to connect me not only to my world, but also to myself. Those environments were family and friends, physical and mental, religion and spirituality. These are the primary criteria in our necessary functioning as human beings in the study of psychosociology, and it became my duty to make the right decisions which would help 
bring about and facilitate these aspects in my life so as to live my life to the fullest. Christ's gift to the world is also multi-layered, just as my quest as a young adult to find my place in life. We can view religion in multiple layers as we also can spirituality. Religion at the basic level helps provide a moral framework to those in society who have fallen astray, and the inherent good nature of altruism fails to prevail in those people's lives. This can also be seen as the kindergarten of a person's efforts for self-betterment or spirituality. However, this per se is merely a physical effort to strive for one type of behavior over another. As we climb higher up the ladder, religion provides a connection with spirit. This too is necessary as the majority of mankind has failed to find God in his heart. And so, religion is a gift to spark the divine in the worldly and instinctive human. Here, spirituality enters the conceptual framework of religion, and the spark of the divine is ignited in the heart of the sincere seeker. This aspect can be seen as the elementary school of spirituality. Climbing higher on the spiritual ladder means of right intention and right living. We ascend also on a metaphysical level within our own being. Just as our physical bodies have a complex anatomy of motor, digestive, neurological, and cognitive functions, so too does our spirit hold a complex anatomy of energetic pathways which allow our physical aspects of ourselves to unite with spirit. We have all noticed that sometimes we can feel the presence of God in our lives, and sometimes we cannot. There is a metaphysical reason for that, and our spiritual health vastly impacts how we perceive spirit. So growing spiritually in our lives also means that higher aspects of our inner selves are awakened, and higher consciousness is attained. This can be seen as the high school of spirituality. This difficulty is the first obstruction that God's gift to the world remedied through Christ. We are in so many ways a fish out of water when it comes to living in full alignment with the divine. We as humans have fallen so far away from him that it is almost foreign for us to try to live differently. Yet when we do, there is something so familiar and comforting about it. That is because of the seeming separation between human and the divine. Our latent spiritual tendencies keep us bound to worldly living, but the comfort we find in right living reveals our deeper inherent spiritual nature, the child of God, the prodigal son. And living more and more in divine alignment with our Father brings about a more solid connection between Him and us. So our falling away from living in divine alignment has been forgiven as long as we continue to strive to live with the right intentions in following his commandments or guidance for higher living. Living in divine alignment means living a life with unconditional love, compassion, forgiveness, and connectivity to all. But there is no doubt that it is still a struggle. We struggle with this often on a daily basis, and in some regard, we have not experienced the true meaning of some of these virtues. It's okay, though. We are forgiven also 
for our imperfection. But that doesn't mean that we are not capable of reaching Christ-like state. And the, and the further measure of Christ's gift is giving us the opportunity to live and attain a higher consciousness through him, even in this life. We as humans, through our christening of Christ, are able to access many levels of consciousness. Returning to our spiritual ladder, the point mentioned above is addressed in our process of repentance, being saved, and baptized. This is not a means to an end, however, though many look at it in this way. Again, Christ's gift to the world is a gift of many levels, and they are here for our engagement should we choose to begin the process now or in the next life. Before Christ, this world was a place of separation from God, where we needed to atone for our shortcomings through ancient practices. But what many do not see is that when we were forgiven, Christ did not remain separate from us. Christ became the vast cosmic universe as God made manifest. Christ became us and we became him. But the small human self cannot see that. Let us take a look at another level of being a fish out of water. The mind is the lens through which we perceive our environment. We can ask ourselves, can we ever know anything that is not learned through experience? What is experience? Experiences are consciousness perceiving through our five senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. That's the gist of it, or is it? Our consciousness perceives our experiences through our senses. The brain, our biological computer, reacts and responds to those sensory inputs. If the response is strong enough to desire change in our lives, the mind, the cognitive aspect of our brain, creates feelings. Feelings are like mental alerts which prompts our bodies to respond in a certain way through a motor response. Feelings, if strong enough, create emotions. Emotions are the body's response to feelings, and that can be in the physiological response of joy, fear, anxiety, or euphoria. But it does not stop there. Our consciousness perceiving our physical world through sensory input is merely a mechanical aspect. Now here, insert human. The human condition is a limitless bundle of aspects that affect or impede the flow of perception from sensory input to our per perceiving aspect of consciousness. As humans, we all have inherent psychological tendencies programming from cultural tradition, religion, positive and traumatic experiences from our upbringing and current life, etc. These aspects all affect our perception of our environment as if they were multiple colored lenses placed in line between our sensory input and pure consciousness. With the added complexity of human conditioning, we develop concepts, ideas, and mental constructs which, for the most part, impede our view of the world. The problem of human suffering is the attachment we make to the, these views 
and the practice of spirituality is freeing ourselves from those attachments. Our consciousness is an individualized aspect of the one consciousness, God, projected through what some call the veil of forgetting. Our perspective is that we are separate from God and that we are separate from the world, the world being a physical manifestation of God. The truth is we are not separate from God or from the entire cosmos. It is only through our human conditioning that the illusion of separation is experienced. Continuing life in wrong living sustains the illusion of separation. Christ's life made manifest in this world united the entire cosmic universe into one. Our limited human perspective remains in this belief of separation. But through the spiritual union with Christ, we can experience our entire cosmic universe in the presence of God's divine love, literally. This may seem like an outlandish claim, but it is true, and I know so also from experience. After dragging this poor reader or listener through a vast cosmic tour of the universe and the nature of mind, I bring us back to my story as a young man in New York City. Though I have strived to go, strived to go from a fish out of water to a successful person in my environment, there was still more to life than the physical environment nurturing an evolving livelihood. I was still unfulfilled in the deeper aspects of spirit. I recognized that though my life was good, I still suffered in all the ways anyone else did. It was difficult it was difficult trying relentlessly to strive to live in accordance of the divine commandments. It seemed that it was an impossible expectation to live up to. I must admit that I even held resentment towards this expectation and toward the world around me. But things finally clicked. It had taken many years to break through the conditioning of the human traumas and limited ideas of myself before igniting the spark of the divine in my heart. Following that light helped bring me to a practice of meditation, which allowed me to transcend the nature of mind and its limitations. Transcending the mind brings us to the door of spirit, which spirit is the door to Christ, and Christ is the door to God, which unites all. Though I can write books on only the last sentence alone, I can say that uniting with the living Christ was necessary to transcending the limitations of this world. I don't mean transcending this world itself, only transcending the limitations of it. In becoming spiritually awakened, we reach the next level of the spiritual, of the spiritual human. The illusion of the world does not fall away, but the ignorance does. So what is it that clicked? What changes the struggle to live righteously into an effortless state of being? The answer is surrender. Like the many examples already given here, surrender too has many layers. How did I surrender? I had to surrender it all, including myself. Through the spiritual practice of transcendence the nature of mind, our known world through spirit. We are given wisdom to the knowledge of things and how they work. 
I realize that living life, we continue to build ourselves up to become more and more and stronger and stronger. This is necessary, but only to some extent. The most crucial part of it is to let go of the ideas of our human limitations. It is letting go of the human effort. It is a process of unbecoming. And when we step back from who we think we are, we are able to recognize who we really are. And dropping the arrogance of the human self, that which is incongruent with God, we are able to recognize our unity in God. In unbecoming and letting go of the little self, we realize that we are the big self. The wave may seem separate from the ocean, but it is undoubtedly one with it. When the bottle floating in the vast ocean finally allows the cork to be released, its contents are mixed with the infinite waters of the ocean and becomes one with it. As the bottle falls away, so too our limited human body and human conditions fall away, and we recognize that our true nature is that of the infinite vast nature of God. In transcending the thought of knowing we are one in God to experiencing that we are one in God, the effort of striving and struggling and suffering falls away with our limited human nature, and we are able to live as divine beings in divine nature effortlessly in our human form. Simply, if struggling to live in this example still exists, we have to choose to continue to struggle or to surrender and go deeper. It is the greatest quest man can embark upon in surrendering fully to the divine. Our perceived environment becomes our body expanded to all reaches of the cosmic universe. In this place, there is no contention. In this place, the universe is our heart and our home. In this place, there is no separation from others. In this place, we feel others' hearts as our own. In this place, there is all understanding. And in this place, the living action of unconditional love, compassion, forgiveness, and unity exists effortlessly as aspects of our true nature. And this, my friend, is the fullest gift that Christ has given to us. This is the college graduation of spirituality. Out of all things we might seek, seek divine love, seek truth and understanding, seek unity with all beings, and all else will follow in the fullness of this life.